Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your great love for us. And thank you, Lord, for putting us together for the saving of each other. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God that just uh, loves uh, relationships. You love family. And uh, Lord, we know that you love this so much that you died for us. And we know Satan hates the family. He hates anything that's a, a reflection of God. So Lord, we know we're made in your image. And that's why Satan works so hard against us. So we pray for the Holy Spirit as we go through this last session. Help us, Lord, as we learn more about how to be intimate. In Jesus' name, amen. So, sweetheart, thinking, uh, speaking of intimacy, do you remember la yesterday you said something that wasn't in the script? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, I wasn't going to share this. Do you mind if I do something uh, off script? Uh-oh. No. I, I kind of got in trouble, so would mine. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I deserve it. Just well, give no, it no, to no. me. Well, no, no, no. It isn't that, sweetheart. Oh, it isn't oh, at all. Because oh. I don't keep a record of wrongs, oh, okay. and nor do I get even. Okay, well, I did say I was sorry. I kind of hurt her feelings. I didn't mean to. But. So I have to tell you what happened. Um, I did not plan to bring this up, but I fell into step with a couple who were here yesterday. And um, the wife said to me, you know, I, I have to say that yesterday when your husband went off script, went off road, and, uh, and shared something very personal about you, I watched your face, and you were very gracious. And she said, I, I want to commend you for that. And I said, she, and, and I think she might have been curious about what we talked about later. I don't know. But she didn't seem that way. She was giving me a very sincere compliment. But as I began to share with her um, what I'm going to share, uh, her husband said, you really should share that. Well, you really should because he said, this is a good ex example of what we're talking about. So I just want to tell you that after I, I was a little, I felt a little vulnerable by what he shared because I was thinking about myself and how you might view me. And I was afraid you might get the wrong opinion. So it's all quite selfish. But after the meeting, um, I waited a bit. It was probably about an hour. We were sitting outside and I said, honey, you know, when you shared about me watching that one thing, I said... Uh, about, uh, it was about the... the the sister wives. Yes, and don't go into any detail, yeah, okay. that's all. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I said, when you shared it, I was kind of mortified. And he said, were you really? And I said, I was, because I'd already been vulnerable enough, I'd kind of for one day. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he said, I am so sorry. I am really sorry. And I said, it's all right, honey, I forgive you. I, it's, it's fine. And then we went on and talked about a few other things. And then a, mu uh, a little bit later, he said, Tammy, he reached out and he took my hand and he said, I never want to hurt or offend you. I, I feel terrible. And tomorrow I'll get up and apologize. I said, no, don't. We'll just hope they don't remember it and we'll move on. See? <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I said, no, really, honey, we're fine. And you're so sweet to bring it up again. He was so tender with me. And then when we went to bed last night, he held me and said, honey, you really do forgive me for, for I don't like, making that I don't blunder. like to trample on my wife's heart. You know, <laughs> I was being kind of funny. But sometimes when we are being funny at somebody else's expense, it doesn't hurt the one who's telling it, but it hurts the one that you're, uh, you know, you know what I mean. I so, just want to tell yeah. you, you are you were so sweet oh, about man, it. Oh, bless you. I oh, love man. you. Yeah, I do. You. So right. it, was, it was good. Okay. And, and right. uh, okay. that's part of being vulnerable about how you yeah. get through life every day. Yeah. So thank you for that uh, anonymous couple who encouraged me to share it anyway. <laughs>
All right, so making love. This is one of my favorite topics, and I love it. I love that Gail teases me. She says I'm her favorite um, speaker on sex. Is that right, Gail? <laughs> so, so that gives me a little credibility, wouldn't you say? <laughs> um, uh, but Pat and I, the reason we're passionate about this topic is because there are two holy institutions. What are they? The Sabbath and marriage, marriage and the Sabbath. And we talk a whole lot about the Sabbath and how wonderful it is and how to bring it in and what to do and not do on the Sabbath day, how to make it a commemoration of that relationship between us and our Creator, right? We hear a lot of things about that. But when it comes to marriage and one of the five spokes of a wheel is sex, okay? It's not everything in a marriage, right? There's other, other four... Uh, spokes. There's the physical, um, that's the physical part of it, but there's the spiritual, the emotional, the relational. There's a lot of different spokes. Now, wait a minute. If you're, if you're 21, you think sex is all there is to the wheel. That's true. <laughs> okay. That's true. <laughs> okay. And I think that's true whether you're a, a male or a female. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I do feel this way. Because Satan has done a good job, and we look around the world and see how he's desecrated God's holy day, he's done the same thing uh, with human sexuality. He has really made it a very ugly thing. I want to, I want to tell you today that the where people need to learn about sexuality is in their homes with their mommies and daddies. Amen? And where they need to learn about it secondarily is in the church. That's my passion. I believe that. That we should not, it's not something dirty or secretive or something that needs to be hidden. It's a beautiful thing that God has created. And you say to me, but Tammy, wait, stop. One out of four boys in this room were sexually assaulted in some way. One out of three women in this room were either abused as children or somehow uh, were um, in um, a, a, I can't talk today. They, they experienced sexual deviance. And so how in the world can something that you've been scarred about become beautiful again? You know, how can the human heart that is so incredibly selfish become selfless? It's through a miracle of God. And so the healing part of that is probably a different topic. But I want to, by God's grace and through much prayer today, Pat and I wanted to reveal to you what we believe God's plan is for sexuality in a beautiful relationship of marriage. And we have really prayed that this would be a blessing to you. So we want to start out with what intimacy, what sex, um, what intimacy looks like. And I want you to notice the couple that I've chosen for the picture on this. Intimacy and sexual intimacy is not just for the young people, it's for everyone. Amen. And we're going to talk about sometimes because of illness and other issues, um, we lose some of that capacity. We're going to talk about that as well. That doesn't mean that making love stops, so we'll talk about that. Intimacy is not self-centered. It is not punishing, like I could have punished my husband yesterday. There's times I have. I am not perfect. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's not cold. It's not miserable. It's not lonely. It's not isolated. So um, we talked about yesterday, why is it that we withhold sometimes the very things we know our mate desperately needs? Shame on us. And yet I find that I myself have to be vigilant that in the coldness of my human selfish heart, I don't withhold from some, him some word of appreciation, a praise, or something like that that he needs from me. Amen? That's right. So far, honey, I'm just waxing on right, you're right there. Ahead. Okay. So, making love. Everything left unattended will tend toward disorder. Do you, do you think that's a fair statement? How about your yard? Think about your yard. 
Think about your house. (laughs) And the same goes true with relationships, amen? When we first get married and when we have that young love, it's wonderful. I mean, like I said, I couldn't get close enough to my husband. Mm -hmm. If I could have breathed him in my nose, I would. Mm -hmm. If I could have eaten him up, I would. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't get close enough to him. And he's like, <laughs> so, but when we first get married, sometimes we have that, that, you know, and then life happens. And then it happens some more and some more. And before we know it, we change or something goes by the wayside. And I want to suggest to you today, I want us to take inventory and say, is it possible that I've allowed my relationship with my husband to go by the wayside? Have I put it off? So living in the same house, practicing the same faith, parenting the same children, sharing the same bed, is that enough? No. So I remember saying, sweetheart, I just miss spending time with you. You're so busy Mm -hmm. in the church and at night and visitation, all the things that you do. And he would say, honey, I slept with you all night. I was with you eight hours. That's right. I would say that doesn't count when you're (laughs) unconscious, right? Yeah. All right. So it's very easy, though, to get caught up in all the things of life. And ask yourself the question, does your marriage get what's left over? It's a a good question to ask. Do we pretty soon just get the leftovers? And then the next thing is marital burnout is a state of complete physical, emotional, and mental exhaustion in marriage, and it does not happen overnight. Don't you agree? As you look back in the trajectory of your relationship or your marriage, Isn't it little things, little by little? And sometimes it can be ebbs and flows, for sure. You know, feelings are like that. They come and go. That's why we don't pay them that much attention. Uh, So definitely there's the ebb and flow in relationships. But a very good question. Am I exhausted? Have I prioritized in a way that leaves me nothing for you? Nothing for you. Really, really important question. question. I would tell you that a lot of what we're presenting today, there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful benefit in the book, Highly Effective Marriage by Nancy L. Van Pelt. You can get this at our ABC or you can go online and get this on probably, Amazon. Probably Amazon.com. I don't know if it's still in print, Yeah, but I don't you, know. could, you could buy a used one at, at Amazon, I'm sure. And yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. It has a lot, of the, uh, a lot of to say about what we're sharing today. Mm-hmm. So part of okay, it's there. Okay, part of making love. We talked about this throughout the week, and I just want to really recap this: is we want to put Jesus first, each other second, and our children third. Now, who do you think, as a rule, again I'm genderizing, has a tendency sometimes to put the children before the spouse? The mamas. They tend to. Although I've I've known some men that do. So again, I'm genderizing. But, uh, you know, a large extent, sometimes mothers get so caught up in their relationships and, and child rearing and making sure that they're everything they need to be as a, as a wonderful parent that they, um, unfortunately, they uh, sometimes put the hus- their husband on the back burner. And this is not a healthy thing to do, absolutely. Number two is let Jesus fill your love tank first. Why is that, honey? Well, because... Uh... We need Christ in us so that it can overflow to the family, overflow to the children. Because if I don't have Jesus in me, then little Hitler overflows. That's right. Right? All right. Right. So little Hitler pops up or Hitlerette pops up. That's exactly right. So um, if I think for a minute that Pat can make me happy, 
Is that true or false? Now, he can bring me joy. He can bring me happiness at different times for sure. But he cannot be my sole remedy for my life when it comes to happiness. And um, to expect him to be so means we would have a miserable home. Because my expectations, this is how marriage will be. And his can be very different, right? My husband one time used an example. He said, a woman walks into the church when she's getting ready to walk down the aisle and be married. And she sees me, she sees the husband at the front, and she sees the altar. And she says, I'll alter him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And sometimes it's a little bit like that. I don't know of a lot of men who get married and they have a plan to alter their wife, but I think that sometimes we as women have a plan. Yeah. Just yeah. a thought. Uh, before, let's see, before we're married, we're incomplete. After we're married, we're finished. <laughs> Did I say that right, brother? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's right. I've heard that before. So we have to remind ourselves, I believe every day, what is my priority? And by the way, I find when I pray for divine appointments, they are interruptions in my day. They're interruptions. So I need to be able to embrace interruptions. And it's the same way in our relationship. If my priority is my marriage, if my priority are this relationship with God and then us, that triangle then am I going to be more open to the interruptions in my day? All right, and in the end, what really counts? Let me ask you this. Does it count that I have my master's in nursing and I was some executive? Is that what's really important at the end of my life? When I look back at my life, what's going to be the most meaningful thing? Pardon? That I saw Jesus, that I reflected Jesus. My family... My relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children, you, those are going to be the things that make life the most meaningful. Mm-hmm. What is it we want on our tombstone? Well, I got this, these grades, I got a 4.0, or I did this. It's not those personal accomplishments, mm-hmm. is it? It's those relationships. It really is. Mm-hmm. So take inventory. Are you living what really counts? And I'd like you to ask yourself that question. Are you truly living what really counts? We do have to work to put food on the table. We do have obligations and responsibilities. But am I really living what really counts? Or am I possibly hiding? Or do I find more personal satisfaction in my job than I perhaps do my relationship? It's just a question to ask myself. And if I don't know how to fix that, I know someone who does. Hallelujah. All right. All right. So what did it look like, honey, when we were dating or courting? We didn't date very long. In fact, it was kind of an unusual uh, uh, courtship. Uh, and I don't recommend this to everybody. There's always exceptions to the rule, okay? I had to drive a long ways, and I knew I needed to make hay while the sun did shine. I drove all the way from Oklahoma to Idaho and thinking that she was the right one. And he right? drove all the way from Oklahoma to Idaho just to meet me. Well, I, but I knew I needed, you know, to make hay while the sun did shine. Yes. No, in all seriousness, I was praying really hard for eight months. Lord, create in my heart a love for a missionary-minded girl. You know I'm going to be a pastor. And you know if I choose, I'm going to blow it. So, Lord, please help me. And how many of you remember Dan Collins? Okay, I see a few hands. Well, Kay Collins, his dear wife, said, Dan, Tammy was going to Pacific Union College. Dan... 
I've been talking to Tammy. She's not dating anybody right now. She's so busy in the nursing program. She ought to meet Pat back in Oklahoma. And he goes, do you think so, honey? Oh, yes, they must meet. <laughs> so so uh, Dan called me and he said, listen, Pat, Kay thinks you guys ought to meet. I'm just going to give you the number of this girl named Tammy and you can do with it what you want. Well, the rest is history. See, Actually, so, he drove out. Seven days later, he proposed, and yeah. three months later, we were married. That's right. That's right. So, again, you know, we don't recommend that for everybody, but, but she, she, she wanted to marry a pastor, and she was a Seventh-day Adventist, and I wanted to marry someone that wanted to go into the ministry, so it was just, um, it was, it was just made to be, okay? Yeah. And uh, we would encourage others to date a little bit longer, Okay. <laughs> And I always correct my husband. I didn't want to marry a pastor. I was called to marry a yeah, pastor. Yeah. It was a calling. That's right. And you were the one. That's right. Now, yesterday I want... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to get down to it. Thank God for sex. I want to share um, an excerpt out of this book, The Highly Effective Marriage. It's, it's a very lovely. And it says this. So I want to ask, and I want you, want you to define, what is sex or what is lovemaking? It's interesting. Some people don't like the word sex. They like to, when you talk about the act of marriage, they like to talk about making love. Other people don't like that. So if I offend you, just overlook it, fill in the blank. Okay, so sex is a quiet look across the room. Does that make sense to anybody? Is, it, is there, sometimes when your eyes meet, not that it's like, I'll see you later, necessarily, but your eyes meet, and there's just this, I love you, I respect you, I'm so glad I'm yours, I'm so glad we're together, okay, a love note on a pillow, you ever get those, did you used to get those, would you like to get those, <laughs> okay, a rose laid on a breakfast plate, or it might be a dandelion, or one of those sweet peas that grow wild along the side of the road, Laughter in the night. Do you ever get to talking about something late at night? You're laying in bed and you get to laughing and tears are running. You're laughing so hard. You're shaking the bed. And the next morning, you don't know what was so funny about it. But you shared that moment. Life. Not all of life, but wrapped up in the meaning of life. This, this reminds me, this rose laid on a breakfast. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the movie. There's not very many great movies out there that doesn't have cursing and swearing and immorality in it, but this particular one was a Hallmark movie, and can you remember what, what the name of it was? Anyway, it was, rose. It, it was it, yeah, something about the rose, and, and the, heart rose. the heart of the rose, that was a powerful movie because, because this lady who wrote this book on everything for the last five days that we've been talking about is basically in that book. And she was saying, I would love to find a man that would treat me like, you know, what we've been talking about. And so this guy found it in the used bookstore and he started reading the book and he said, oh, I would love to meet a lady that wrote this book. And, he, and she had her name in it. Somehow he was able to get a hold of her and they began to write back and forth, back and forth. And he said, I would love to meet you. And he said, here's my picture. 
And he was a good-looking guy. Can I interject? Sure. So it was actually a book she read that she commented in the margin. Okay. And so okay. he loved her comments. Okay, okay. Because they were thinking alike. Okay. So she hadn't written the book. Okay. But her name was inscribed right, in And the she cover. had marked it all up. Yes. Yeah, and yes. so he was impressed with this. And so he said to her, would you send me your picture? And she would not send him uh, the picture. So his buddy said, you know... She's going to look kind of, uh, <clears throat> well, you know, just not, uh, you know, anyway, um, uh, you're going to be disappointed in her looks. And he goes, but I must, I must meet this woman who wrote, who marked in this book. I just got to meet her. And so Uncle Sam called, it was World War II, and he was going to get on a train. He's going to pass through the community that, that where she lived. And he said, can we just meet together at the train station? And she said, yes. The lady that you see with a rose in her hand, you just stop and, and, and talk and you'll know what to do. And so he was looking for this lady with the rose. And she actually said, I will have a rose. I yeah. will have a single rose. Yeah, I'll have a single rose. You just look for this lady that has a single rose. So he, so he got off at, the, up, off at the place, he saw this lady, and he looked at her from a distance, and, you know, she just, well, she just wasn't that she attractive. She was middle-aged, and she was very frumpy, she L was very neat and clean, yeah, and she yeah. looked very sweet, but she kind of looked like an older school and, and, and so he thought to himself, should I, should I go, and, and, or, and should, or should I just get back on the train and just keep going? But he thought to himself, no, I have a lot invested in this lady, and we have... Uh, communicated a lot and I know her heart and even if it doesn't go anywhere I need to go and and and, and have a have dinner with her and just have a great time together so he goes up to her and he goes hi I'm I'm Jack and and are you uh Sue and she goes no she said a, a lady in the train station told me to to uh, to carry this rose but if you wanted to see her you would have to go into the train station into the restaurant and, he, and, and so she said, I don't really know what this is all about, but I did it for her. And so he said, oh, thank you. Well, he goes into the train station. Restaurant. I mean, to the restaurant. And this lady was drop-dead gorgeous, okay? <laughs> and, and see, she was, she was beautiful. She also came from, from wealth. She had everything. She had a beautiful character, more than just the wealth. Um, but she did not want someone who was just interested in her beauty or her money. She wanted someone that truly had a heart like what we've been talking about. And, and she knew that this guy, if he would accept this not so pleasant looking lady with the rose, that she could trust his heart because she already had the letters, you see. And so... Uh, I don't know exactly. Whatever happened to that story? I don't know, but wasn't that you and I? Wasn't that how it was? Always, sweetheart. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a wonderful hallmark, hallmark, but it just shows the principles of yes. what we're talking about. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Beautiful. And then last of all, your good gift, O oh Lord, to enrich life. Sex is a gift from God. It shows the incredible intimacy that he wishes with us. And we'll show you from Scripture how very intimate that is with the Lord. Sex is also body and spirit, passion and tenderness, strong embrace and gentle hand holding. Oh, when I was walking home yesterday, honey, you, you held my hand. 
That was very sweet. Well, I wanted to fill up your love tank. Yes, but yeah. <laughs> but but I just was remembering when we were first married, you know, and you didn't really like to hold hands, and I was just thinking how sweet that was. Well, I have been altered. <laughs> <laughs> By who? By you, sweetheart. No, my Jesus. Okay. Open nakedness and hidden mystery. Joyful tears on honeymoon faces. Tears on wrinkled faces at golden wedding anniversaries. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. I thought that was so poetic. I'm watching some of you guys. You aren't nodding your head, but the women are. <laughs> well, you can, you can see my wife is a romanticist. Yes. She loves things like this. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so sexual intimacy. What, what happens when we're no longer able to perform? What then? I want to tell you, as we get older in our relationships and older chronologically, Sometimes there are changes to our bodies. And then sometimes because of illness, hypertension, all kinds of different things, both male and female, uh, can be, their sexuality can be altered and their ability to perform, so to speak. And there are all kinds of remedies out there about all the medications and such they, that people are encouraged to take. But I will tell you this, that really and truly making love, the sexual part of it, the coming together, the intercourse, is a very small part. And you know how I can prove that to you? Because if you don't have the rest of it, you don't want to do it a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Now, some, especially those who are of a more emotional nature, if you don't have the rest of it, it can make that part of it not nearly as pleasant and not enjoyable and not welcome. So all of it is a part of making love. Absolutely. Some of the most romantic couples I know are in their 80s and 90s. My great aunt and uncle, they aren't they hilarious, yeah, Pat? They yeah. can't even go across the room hardly without each other. Yeah. They hold hands all the time. They yeah. are just so close. They, they say a phrase or two and then they kiss each other. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah, just, yeah. they're amazing. Yeah. So they just make love. They make love all day long and all night long. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so the point is, um, when we come to that place, it's important to know that just because you can't culminate in that experience um, in bed, so to speak, we'll use that, that doesn't mean the rest should go by the wayside. It's so incredibly important that we have that incredible intimacy. So very important. Also, ladies, when you go through menopause, I'm a nurse, so we're going to get right into it today. Um, when you go through menopause, a wonderful, wonderful lubricant that is extremely helpful with vaginal dryness is um, coconut. coconut oil. It's an antifungal, antibacterial, antiviral, and it's very healing to those tissues. And as you get older, those tissues become very thin, and sometimes it can be very painful. And if you will just follow uh, Dr. Tammy's advice, you, mm -hmm. will, uh, you will love me for that one. Mm -hmm. You don't have to tell me. Just, just try it. Okay. All right. Making love. Don't stop making love. If you are challenged in that area and you recognize you need some more um, uh, in examples, this book has them. In this book, actually, honey, there were a couple things I was thinking maybe you would want to share. Creative ways to date your mate and creative ways to keep romance alive. There were just a couple um, lists there that I thought were really, really fun. If you have a pen and paper, you could maybe jot the ones down that make sense to you. And it was right um, at the bottom where the list... Oh, yeah, right here. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah uh, try a 20-second romantic recharge, kiss each other for at least 20 seconds. That's a long <laughs> kiss, by yeah. the way. Just try timing that. Uh, tape a note on the mirror that reads, Hello, favorite person. <laughs> you are looking at the person 
I, I love with all my heart. Isn't that okay. great? How many yeah. of you, your heart would sing if you saw that mm -hmm. on your mirror mm -hmm. or in their own words, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, oh, man, there's a lot here, sweetheart. There I think, are. I think they ought to just get the book. <laughs> yes. And then maybe on the next page, uh, okay. uh, there's okay. a few yeah. things. Yeah. Kid, kidnap your partner for a mini vacation, an afternoon or evening of something she, he or she has been wanting to do. Drive through a new housing development and tour a, a model home. Check out new furniture. No, don't do that. That's no, going to cost on. you. That's going to cost you guys. It goes on to say you don't have to buy it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Take a stroll through the park. Try out the swings and see who can swing the highest. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, just go exploring. Uh, oh, yeah, it's getting, it's getting mushy here. It's talking about a hot tub. i got to quit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's some really... But, but, There's some really wonderful ideas, though, that don't cost any money at all, and it's just about. But I will, time but I will say it. this, honey, since we're talking about the subject, um, men men are like microwaves, and women are like slow cookers. Okay, do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, all right. And so, men, if 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 we're getting satisfied and we're and we're getting, uh, you know, great enjoyment with our microwave cooking, okay, then, then uh, we're going to have to be patient with our wives because they take a little longer, okay, right? And so we need to be prayed up and we need to just say, hey, I, I do not want to be unselfish. If I, I'm, want, I don't want to be selfish. I, I don't want to be selfish, okay. that's right. I don't want to be selfish. And just making sure we're yeah, on yeah, the same that's thing. We are, we are. <laughs> and, and, if, and if I've been satisfied... I just want I just want to make sure that my wife is being satisfied, and sometimes it's a little frustrating for men because women just take a little longer. That's all. So, but you know what I love, honey, what? is I've never felt that you would be truly satisfied if I weren't, uh -huh. and I've always felt like you had all the time in the world, which helps me to relax and enjoy it. But if That's I right. feel like you're in a hurry. Right. That would just shut me That's down. True. That's so, true. That's true. So I take my I take my time. That's right. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right. And I'm a happy wife. That's right. Okay. Ha happy wife, happy life. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now, Jesus, throughout the scriptures, really does reveal intimacy. He says in Jeremiah 31.3, The Lord has appeared to me of old, appeared of old to me. If you memorize in the King James, you get tongue twisted. Saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. How does Jesus draw us? With loving kindness. Mm -hmm. That's how he draws us, and that's how we must draw one another. If you are um, married and your spouse just really does not seem to want to enjoy intimacy when it comes to sexual intimacy, draw her or him with cords of loving kindness. Think about ways, because as we talked about, making love is everything that happens in the kitchen, in the living room, in the garden, and in between. Mm -hmm. There you go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about sex. Um, it's others focused. It's not about ourselves. It's others focused. It's mutually satisfying. Okay. We talked a little bit about that. It needs to be healthy. How many of you agree with that? There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of per animal per type per perversions yeah. Yeah. in sexuality that have lent to the fact that it's become very ugly because of some of those. It it's also needs to be a very loving act. Think about 
the way in which that you make love or um, to your spouse. Is it a loving act or is it a lustful, more of an animal uh, passion type thing? You know, so, and I've even heard people say, well, there's making love and then there's hardcore sex. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I think God has called us to be a reflection of his character. So if it doesn't reflect God's character, something kind of concerns me about that. So these are very important principles that you find in the Word of God. But I'd like to read you with three, leave you with three. If you have a pen and paper, I would like you to write these three down. Number one, we talked about earlier in the other, earlier slide, it needs to be mutually satisfying. Listen to me. There are times when I am just definitely in the mood to be loved when my husband isn't or vice versa. Very, I very love... seldom. <laughs> but I love the fact that he that I'm happy to satisfy him, even if I'm not in the, in, you know, maybe in that space. I love to, and vice versa. And I think that's very important to know. Some people have actually, that's a frequent question we get in marriage counseling. And I think ministering to each other is a very beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, there are times I've known couples, we actually counseled with a couple where she just really begged her husband, just let me satisfy you, you know, make love to me. I don't necessarily need to have an orgasm but I, I want, I'll be very active in it and loving you. And he's just not willing to do that and vice versa. So I think it's just very important when you think about it um, to be servants to one another, to serve one another. Mm -hmm. and it needs to be lovely. But I also say there is moderation, right? We need to have self-control, just like um, Doug Basher talked about ice cream. And if you were in my session on um, teaching your children about sex, my mother told me sex was better than ice cream with the right person at the right time. She told yeah. me that at nine years old because I asked her uh, what it was like for her. And uh, so, um, but the thing she focused on was with the right person at the right time. A beautiful, beautiful thing. It's not something dirty we need to be ashamed of. It is not something that we need to hide our heads under the blankets to talk about. It's a beautiful thing God created. And so I didn't, I wasn't curious to go out and learn more. When I was curious, I asked her because she had all the answers and it was great. And I Le followed plus her Plus seven children. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to prove it. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> so it needs to be mutually satisfying. That also means that if I'm serving, if we're serving one another, is it right of my husband to ask me to perform an act that is not comfortable for me, that I feel guilty, I don't feel right about, it feels wrong to me? or it's painful. Is that, is that something he should ever ask me? No, absolutely not, and vice versa. It needs to be a mutual act of love, a mutual act of love, something very, very important to consider. So I just want to pause and say here, okay, I've got my nurse hat on, and you all are adults, and so you're not afraid, and hopefully these children are otherwise uh, busy. Uh, mm. <laughs> penises do not belong in rectums. They do not. The tissue is totally different there. You create tears, and it's called sepsis. You can get very septic. You can die. There are many, many side effects to that kind of thing. And then when it goes back into the vagina, it spreads terrible disease. I've taken care of myriads, may I say it again, myriads of women in the ED with terrible infections due to that practice. This is not right. So I can tell you right now, anal sex is a sin, okay? outright. Why? Because it's dangerous. It's not normal. It's not the way the Lord created it. Okay. Number two is that when we talk about moderation, that can be different to different people. But I think it's just like Doug Bachelor's talking about ice cream. If you have something in moderation, 
then God will tell you what that is. I do not need to stand up here and tell you how many times a week. That is not my business. That's between you and your partner and the Lord. And God talks to you. You know how I know that? I used to be your conscience. People would come to me and they'd ask me what I thought about this or that or the other thing. And I'd say, oh, yes, this is fine. Oh, no, that's not. And one day the Holy Spirit said to me, excuse me, I don't just talk to you and I don't talk to you about them. And I was like, there's a thought. So, so anymore, unless it's medically or safety oriented, I am absolutely, uh, I say, you know, you pray about that. And a lot of times when um, some people will come to me and ask me my advice on different things, a lot of times it's because they are under conviction. Not always. Sometimes they're wanting to know what the right thing, but really and truly the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And as you are in the word and in the Lord, you will know what is right before God. So it needs to be mutually satisfying. Number two, it needs to be an act or an expression of love. Not acting like animals, okay? There are conditions that people have. They get nodules in their throats. There are germs that can go from your bottom to your throat that are not healthy, and they cause illness and they cause disease. Same thing. Uh, there can be germs that go from your mouth to your bottom that are not meant to be there, and they can cause problems. So I just want to tell you that's the truth about that, that really and truly we just need to pray to know what is the healthy thing, what is the best thing, not, not what can I get by with, what is the very best practice. And if I'm a reflection, my job, my, the reason I was created is to reflect the character of God, is what I'm about to do, is what I'd like to experiment with, is it something that will reflect the character and the nature of God? Is this something that my spouse is comfortable with? And is it an act or an expression of love? Or is it something that I need to do in order to get a more intense pleasure? And I remember, honey, my mother giving us some counsel. Uh, well, first of all, here we are engaged. And my mother says to my husband one day, Patrick, so do you know how to satisfy a woman? I was out of the chair and out the door. I could not believe that my mother thought she could talk to him about this. However, my husband adored my mother, and to her, she was another one of his new children. And uh, so they had a talk anyway. He assured me that he thought he knew, but she helped him out anyway. So um, anyway, so, so, it's, uh, so it, it needs to be, but she used to say, children, keep it simple. Because sometimes the more people do aberrant things and they do kinky things and things that just excite and whatever, then it takes more and more and more and more to get to that level. And that's why people get into trouble with all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. So we have to um, keep that in mind. Well, it, it, can, it can even lead to uh, whips and chains. I remember one time I was in uh, Lake Orion and I was at an auction and these two, they, the guy said, listen, we're going to put everything on the table. One money. I thought, oh, what a bargain. And there was these two ladies. I was bound and determined I was not going to let them out-auction me. And the bid got up to over $200. And I was bound and determined I was going to get that last bid. But you know, when the Philistines, when they captured the Ark of the Covenant, when they got what they wanted, they didn't want what they got. And when I got what I wanted, I didn't want what I got. I got up there. I had, I had just bought all kinds of X-rated uh, movies, whips, and chains. See, they didn't tell you what was in the box. I mean, there was just a whole table full of everything. Oh, no. Why didn't I let those ladies outbid me? 
Well, now, now, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Wait that, a second. You, was, had, you had Aunt Jemima. Well, I did have I did have other things. I had oak toilet paper holders. Yes. Everybody needs an oak toilet paper holder. Eight of them. Yeah. Anyway, I had I had figurines of. And anyway, Aunt so, Jemima syrup so I, bottles. So, yeah. So I told I told him I said, listen, I I cannot take these X-rated stuff. You know, and you're going to have. Well, they're yours. I said, no, I'm leaving them here. So I said, I'll take the whips and chains. And so they, they were having a Pathfinder uh, um, garage sale. A sale for the Pathfinders. So I thought, you know what? As the pastor, I can slip these oak toilet, oak toilet holders, not pine, you know. I can slip these in. They won't even notice it. And so I slipped the chains and the, and the whips in there. They'd hardly even noticed it. I, I thought I'd gotten away with it until people started buying this stuff. And some, I heard one say, where did all these whips come from? And somebody said, I think the pastor brought them. <laughs> so then I had to tell everybody that I was the highest bidder. And anyway, all, the point I'm trying to make on all this is, you know, the sex that we're talking about, if you let it get perverted, pretty soon there's whips and chains and, 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 and what it is, is it's bondage. It's just satanic bondage. You know, it can, it can actually lead to that. You know what I'm trying to say? So anyway, I wasn't going to tell this story, but it was a long time ago and I learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> you did. And I think our church members will never forget that story either. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the other criteria is... So if it's mutually satisfying, it's an actor and an expression of love. The last criteria that I'd like you to capture is that you can invite the Lord Jesus to come and sit on the edge of your bed and bless your union. If you can invite him in, you can come. You know, my husband didn't learn about um, sexuality in the same well, way honey, I did. Honey, when I was a kid, it was the birds and the bees. All right. You didn't learn about the birds and the bees <laughs> okay. the way I did. Yeah. But um, I remember on our wedding night that, uh, you know, I mean, it was exciting. I, I couldn't wait to be married no, and true. consummate that marriage. But I got a little nervous, you, sure you know. Did. All of a sudden, it just seemed like I should, uh, I wanted to stop and think about things. You wanted to pray a little while. Yes, so yeah. I asked my husband, yes. I said, um, honey, can we pray? And he said, pray? I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, sure, on our knees? I said, yes, on our knees. So we got so out of we bed prayed. and we prayed. It was a short prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and, but yours was a little longer. I do remember, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, we got back, we got back in bed, and and he and, took me in his arms. Yes, and it was, and then she wanted to pray some more. And, and, and he was and really I, patient. And, yeah, and he I, said, and, and he I, said, on our knees, and I said, again, on our knees. Yeah. I was, and so anyway, we got I don't back know, out we, of bed on our knees. We prayed for a little while, well, but then, well, but this then, time, honey, I got to tell about this prayer. Okay. This time, I prayed for all the animals mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the birds. Yeah. And and all my relatives once removed. I kind of took my time. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> she when she wanted to pray the third time, I said I said <laughs> the spirit of prophecy said there's a time to pray and there's a time to act. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said, honey, so it, it needs to be biblical. <laughs> honey we've prayed enough yeah all right so if you can live into these three principles if you can incorporate these three principles into then you can, you have the freedom and the liberty to have a beautiful um a beautiful lovemaking session with jesus there 
All right. All so, right, let's read Song of Solomon. We can't, we can't leave this session without reading the wise man, okay? That's right. Song of Solomon 8, 6, and 7 says this, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave, and its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. And there's a thought here in the Spirit of Prophecy that says this. From Ministry of Healing, page 358, it says, Love is a, is a precious gift, which we receive from Jesus. So who is the author of sexuality? It's Jesus. It's a gift. It can be perverted, but... It's, everything can everything be. can be. That's right. Mm -hmm. Which we receive from Jesus. Pure and holy affection is not a feeling, but a principle. Those who are actuated by true love are neither unreasonable nor blind. Taught by the Holy Spirit, they love God supremely and their neighbor as themselves. That's right. Yeah. So in, in sexuality, as in every other part of marriage, it is our privilege to minister to the needs and the and the desires of each other so long as they fit within a framework of reflecting the character of Christ and having him at the center of our relationship. Now my wife, I have to tell you this. I, I she, hope you've uh, I, I, this is this. a good one, sweetheart. Okay. I won't I won't have to apologize for this one. Okay. But my wife, bless her heart, now she has a little a little different interpretation on in, in heaven, they will be neither married nor given in marriage, but will be as the angels of God in heaven. You know that scripture? Because I, I tell her, I said, now, honey, in heaven, marriage there won't be like it is here. You'll just be more my best friend. And she says, not so. Not so. That, there's different interpretations on that scripture. See, what Jesus could have been saying is there's, there's not marriage and divorce you know marriage and given in marriage marriage and divorce and marriage and divorce. there's not going to be that in heaven there's just going to be pure marriage i said but honey there won't be any need for procreation so we probably will be doing things that are even better than sex and she says not so <laughs> so i guess we're going to have to wait and see but i kind of think that in heaven there will be things that are even uh even more fun than making love honey well, I do trust that the Lord has wonderful things in mind, and if he does take that away, he'll replace it with something better. That's right. But That's right. I also think that I don't know what happened in, in before the fall, but I would imagine he's going to re reinstate everything back to its natural. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I know if, listen, I know that our spouses are going to be our soulmates forever and forever. She's still going to be we're still going to be together forever and forever. That's right. Isn't that right? And really, I don't want to wax eloquent on that whole thing because it can get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, whatever Jesus has in mind, it's going to be good. Yeah. But we don't want to get to the point here, like this couple, where we have just built up these huge emotional walls, and then we sometimes use sex as a punishment. And that is very detrimental, and it's not biblical, and it's not right. So we definitely don't want to come to the place where we punish one another by withholding love, right? But that doesn't mean that we sweep our hurts and our pain under the rug. That means we need to have quality time together to work out those things so that we can come together. As Paul says, forsake not the coming of yourselves together except for a mutual agreed-upon time of fasting. 
So it's biblical there. So God calls us to intimacy. In Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Why he, does Jesus knock? He wants a date with us. He does. Yeah. And why does he knock instead of just open the door and sweetly say, I'm here? Because, is it because he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. Okay. That is right. Yeah. So in our love to one another, we need to be ladylike and gentlemanly. We need to be kind and considerate. And also because the doorknob, I think someone said, is on the inside. Yeah. So God waits for us to open the door. And then John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. nothing. So if you've been scarred and wounded through the perversion of sex, then you can be healed and you can be free. God can bless you and he can bring healing to that. And also everything that God asks us to do and everything that is good to do, God will supply the strength and the means by which we can do that. But I love the vine part. We are in Christ. Do you see? That's where the marriage relationship is a reflection of God's relationship with us. We are actually grafted into the vine. We're not attached to the outside. We're grafted in. It's a very intimate, personal thing where Jesus lives out his life within us and then reflects that out. And then Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for how much? For anything. He supplies everything for us. He thinks of, he forgets nothing. He provides for us in every way. And he has provided for us by giving us this wonderful gift of sexuality as well. And then Zephaniah 3.17 says, The, the Lord, Lord your God in your midst, yes. the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Can you imagine the Lord rejoicing over us with singing? But I especially like that part where it says that he will, um, he's the mighty one to save. He will quiet you with his love. There have been times that I just feel like I'm unraveling. Life is so stressful. There's so many people that need me to do so many different things. But I just find that when I can say to my husband, because he's my best friend and he's not picking me apart or looking for me to fail. I can come to him and say, honey, will you pray over me? I just feel frantic and I just feel like I, I just, I'm coming undone. And we'll kneel down. He'll kneel around me with his arms around me and he'll pray for me and pray over me. Oh my, what a difference it makes. I get up from my knees. I feel healed because God has ordained the priest of the home to absolutely minister to his wife in some, a priestly manner. I think sometimes, honey, you're a little frazzled because of your work and you just need a hug That's sometimes true. our ladies just need a to hug be held. and we don't really feel like hugging them but that's what they need so whether we feel like it or not we just need to hug them okay that's right that's but don't just... you usually feel like it? yeah most of the you time you better most of the time <laughs> <laughs> i always feel like oh it. i know you do yeah. <laughs> all right so therefore with loving kindness again there's that scripture that we saw earlier with loving kindness, he draws us. I love that. Mm -hmm. God is a very intimate God. So our relationship with Jesus will set the tone for every aspect of our relationship in life. Do you believe that? Fix your eyes upon him and watch how he changes things. He can transform our relationships. He can give us pure lovemaking. He can help us to get out of a rut that we find ourselves in. 
One of the ruts is oftentimes um, people struggle with fantasy or perhaps they've uh, been, uh, you know, they've experienced pornography in their past. And so they're, they have a very warped sense uh, in their head for when they're making love to their spouse. Very important that we keep our eyes open, that we're making love to this person. I mean, you can close your eyes. I'm not saying that's a rule. But my point is, if you're struggling with your thoughts, that you think upon them and that you ask the Lord to purify your mind, claiming the promise, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report. Instead of just going away from sex and saying, oh, I just can't because it opens up this whole avenue of my past. No, no, no. Just ask the Lord that he will heal your mind. He is, he is able to not only purify our lives and gives us victory over pornography or every other kind of lust, but he can also remake within us that beautiful lovemaking that he originally designed that we would have. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. So I want to ask the question we'd like to ask you today. What will you do differently as a result of today to increase intimacy in your relationships? What will you do? Will you perhaps purchase the book by Nancy and look at all the different ways that you can plan time together? Will you ask the Lord to heal a place within you that may be very broken, that you need him to purify the wellspring of your, of your life and of your soul? Will you make a commitment to minister to your spouse in the way that they most need your love? Will you make a commitment to reflect the character of Jesus in your relationship with your spouse because God has put us together for the saving of each other? Amen. As I minister to my husband mm -hmm. and as I be the woman of God I've been called to be and he is the man of God he's been called to be, we can experience the very best God has for us. Don't settle. Don't settle for mediocrity. Our spouses are going to be our best friends not only on this earth but in the new earth. They're going to be our best friends there too. Amen? Mm -hmm. so, That's, right. That's right. And true religion is what happens in the home. Mm -hmm. And dare I say, even what happens in our bedrooms as well. Mm -hmm. So, I want us to all read this again together. Now remember, if you don't have this, we have, we have plenty left over. So take a couple and share them, all right? All right, so all together. Prayer is the answer to every problem in life. It puts us in tune with divine wisdom, which knows how to adjust everything perfectly. So often, we do not pray in certain situations because from our standpoint, the outlook is hopeless. But nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is so entangled that it cannot be remedied. No human relationship is too strained for God to bring about reconciliation and understanding. No habit is so deep-rooted that it cannot be overcome. No one is so ill that he cannot be healed. No mind is so dull that it cannot be made brilliant. Whatever we need, if we trust God, he will supply it. If anything is causing worry or anxiety, let us stop rehearsing the difficulty and trust God for healing, love, and power. Amen. And I think we have a couple minutes for questions and answers, if anybody's bold. I think your, yeah, your thing died. So does anyone have a question? I think we have a mic in the back. It's not really a question, it's a resource to share. Okay. Um, about the creative dating 
and date nights, and being young families with children, it's hard to get out and pay for a sitter. There is a resource, it's called Datebox, getadatebox.com. They actually mail you a date in a box, everything that you need um, once a month, and so it's something that we look forward to doing as a couple. Oh! $35 if you pay for more at a time, it's uh -huh. a cheaper rate, but it's just nice. Everything's there. Wow! It's Christian-based. Um, Lee and Leslie Perot um, help support um, commentary with that as well. Okay. So, date box. So okay. And where's the website? Getadatebox.com. Getadatebox.com. Get awesome. For $35, you get a box, and it's all-inclusive about a date night. <laughs> and she said it's a very fun resource. Very nice. Now, which, which one of those owls is me? The straight-up one? Okay, she says the straight-up one. Right. Okay. Okay, anybody else? Anybody else have any comments, questions? Yes. I just wanted to share a testimony. It's very interesting how the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And my wife's primary love language is quality time. And historically, we've had a wall between us. And I bought a hot tub, hot tub, <laughs> off Craigslist. And it was uh, really, yes, it was. Because we would sit in the hot tub and we'd stare at each other. And it would take 45 minutes. And then my wife would open up. And it's become a way for us to emotionally connect. Wonderful. You know, and as a male, I don't never really understood that. Okay. And, and uh, just serendipitously getting this hot tub and everything, you know, it's been, it's been a real valuable thing for our relationship. And, you know, it just makes me think of how, you know, if we surrender ourselves to the Lord, He leads us into all truth. And, and that also involves our relationship as well, you know. And Amen. so now we call it our beachfront in the backyard. You call it what? Our beachfront. Your beachfront. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, we can I, all say praise the Lord for Craigslist. That's, <laughs> that's, right. Right. that's right. But that's also, right. thank you for sharing that because I do think that sometimes, um, I mean, it's just so important that we have take that time to listen to one another's hearts. And like you said, that takes a bit of time. And I appreciate you sharing that because we don't always understand each other because our love languages are different. Anyone else? A comment or a question or a testimony? They're right there, clear in the okay. back, honey. All right. And for those of you who weren't here all week, honestly, my husband did half the talking on the other ones, right? It's just today I talked most. <laughs> I'm looking um, to Gail to agree with me. <laughs> She's not. Go ahead. Okay, more on the practical note. Um, well, yes. Uh, the question is, um, if your date night, well, not date night, if you don't have a date night, first of all, and every date that possibly could be a date is like family, so you're never, leave, you're never alone with each other, is that healthy? Because, you know, it's turned into like we're taking the kids wherever we go. So, You know what? I think only you, and honey, you can think about this too, I think only you can know if that's healthy. My husband and I have never established a weekly date night. We're kind of, uh, what's the word? Spontaneous. So he'll call me up and say, sweetheart, what does your schedule look like? I'd like to take you out for lunch. And we'll go out to lunch. 
or he'll take a walk with me. It's not his favorite thing. I love to walk four miles every evening. So sometimes he'll walk with me. Um, so if you're, and we lived states away from our family and we didn't get a babysitter. And so we had our children with us all the time as well. And we rarely kind of got away like that. But I think it's just making sure you have quality time for each other. Like if you're really missing that, when you put the children to bed, if you just take 30 minutes just to even sit on the couch and, and talk together. So I would say it's, it's really not falling into the social fun things that kind of become habits in marriage that are very helpful, but it's what works for you. And, you know, I, I would add, you know, as the pastor and uh, Tammy, there were, there were a lot of people in the church that would just love to take our children, you know, and, and just take, take them for an hour or two. They would love that. And I know that in your church, there are sweet Adventist people that would just love to take care of your kids for a while. And you just need to drop them off sometime and say, sweetheart, we're going on a date. And he's going to say, what? Really? And you're going to say, yes. And you be, you be the aggressive one, okay? All right. And okay. that could be an option for sure, honey. <laughs> That's right. But I will say, too, we were really, we weren't into that because we you had a hard time that? trusting everyone. <laughs> okay. But at the same time, all of our Sabbath school leaders have background checks. And, you know, there are people that are safe people. Yeah, so you want to give them to safe people. Absolutely. Yes. Um, we've been married 26 years. Praise the Lord. This year. Um, there was a time, and I just want to make a comment because I think this could maybe help. But um, I would always, well, I, I thought I knew what love was. You know, when you first start, I was 19 when I got married. But... Um, I would always say, fine, you know, if we got into an argument at in the evening, whatever, I'm just going to go sleep on the couch. Mm -hmm. And one time <laughs> he said, um, well, you said that you wanted to uh, if, know how to get done with this argument instead of dragging we, it out all night. We would have been arguing. I would have been listening to her for several hours. <laughs> So I thought... You didn't know about the five-minute rule back no. then, right? And oh, I, and no, I, no. And I thought, how can we do something here to change this? Because this is just going to go bad. Uh-huh. And Talk a said, little bit louder. So I said to her, oh, honey, you're not going to be very comfortable on the couch. And she's, why not? I said, because it's not very comfortable sleeping double-decker on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> and she started laughing. And then we were able to talk it out and, and go to bed. Oh, but his wonderful. motive was to go to bed, get rid of that, you know, but. Very nice. Very, very good. Nice. Very good. Anyone else? <laughs> Comment or question? All right. Well, we hope everybody has enjoyed this. We have had a lot of fun. You've been a great audience. <laughs> yeah, it's been a fun week. That's right. It That's has. right. So let's have a closing word of prayer. And what we'd like is for you to stand, and we'd like to make this a dedicatory prayer, dedicating our marriages and our relationships to the Lord Jesus and asking for the Holy Spirit to bring healing and bring us to the next level of what the Lord would have us enjoy. Yes, Heavenly Father, we want to go to this next level. And Lord, you've given us in the last five days a lot of principles uh, that's coming from your heart that you want us to embrace. Uh, Lord, it may be overwhelming to some, but help us just to take one, one baby step at a time as we continue to grow in you. And Lord, help us to be brave and to make commitments this camp meeting that we go home with. 
Lord, may our, one of our priority commitments be to give Bible studies to at least one soul this year and bring them to Christ. And our next commitment, Lord, is that we would be all that you ordained us to be to each other, that you would bring healing and that you would bring grace and that you would bring your spirit to the full extent of your power and love. And we just thank you and praise you for meeting here with us these, these last five days. And we thank you for all the wonderful speakers that we've been able to hear at this camp meeting. Thank you. And we dedicate all of these couples, these marriages, the marriages to come, Lord, mm -hmm. the relationships to you, Lord Jesus, asking for your blessing and for your leading and that you would chart our journey. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.